0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Avi Om Experience. This is episode two. In this episode, we talk about meditation and writing, something that Aviana and myself are really passionate about. So sit back, relax, and thank you all for joining us in this week's journey. It is fascinating
1: that an increasingly large number of people in the United States have become interested in the practice of what may generally be called meditation or contemplation, according to models that have been followed for centuries in Asia. And one of the reasons for this is that the religions which are generic to the West, Judaism, Christianity, and even Islam, are more talkative than contemplative.
0: What's going on, love?
1: Ah... Things are good.
0: Things are things are excellent. So, for those of you who are listening to this podcast, which is our second one to the Aviom experience, you're probably noticing a change in audio, and I just want to briefly explain what this is and what we're doing, why we're doing it. This is what we're going to be calling our portable podcast setup. This is something that I'm going to be mentioning in other podcasts and interviews as i interview people as av interviews people and so the reason why we're testing this and for me this is going to be a test every time we're running this setup it's a test to ensure that we get some good audio but the most important part of this portable setup is to make it easy and i know that you know there's going to be other conversations that we're going to go more in detail about easy and what does easy look like and this that's not this podcast that we're going to be talking about but I just want to let people know that again if you're listening to this podcast this is episode two of the avi ohm experience this is our portable setup and so we're you know again we're just testing it out and we're just kind of hanging out sitting down with uh, with our with our with our, our girlfriends around <laughs> with us and um and and one of the things I want to talk about with you is is two things I want to talk about and one of them is, you know, the idea of, I wanna talk about meditation. And I kind of want you to, to speak on that a little bit to kind of teach us, uh, kind of give us some, some nuggets. And then I'm gonna talk about writing. And I want to kind of fuse both of them together because for me, meditation and writing are soulmates. They, for me, they, they're, it's a, it's a perfect union. Uh, of of the two. And so I want to kind of talk a little bit more about that, but let's just kind of just jump into the idea of meditation, what, what it means to you, what it does for you. And then at the same time, I'm going to be talking about, you know, what that does and what that feels for me.
1: Cool. I just want to retract a second because you mentioned this uh, portable experience and there's going to be new people listening to this podcast and they have no idea what Portable Experience is. So Portable Experience is um, we are uh, remote. We are not in our podcast studio location. We are upstairs in our home sitting on the sofa with, you mentioned our girlfriends, we need to be clear with that, um, with our fur babies. <laughs> right.
0: I call them girlfriends.
1: <laughs> so, um, so we are upstairs hanging out on a brisk, chilly evening uh, with our fur babies who wanted to be part of this uh, podcast. So just a little clarification because you and I can see it, but it's easy to talk about it. But um, we may not be clear of what's actually happening. So Meditation. You said that meditation and writing are soulmates for you. I would have to agree with that. Um, I believe writing is a huge component of releasing the soul or releasing energy that may be stuck up in the mind because I feel writing is a powerful tool for that. Um, Meditation, you know, it's interesting. We had an event a few weeks back and, um, or one event I should say. Um, and it, 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 we talked about this. We talked about writing and meditation and it, what's fascinating is that we just say, oh, right. Or, oh, meditate. Like it's not really a big deal. And people hear you say it, but they don't necessarily implement it. And then as soon as they start implementing, they then begin to understand the, the benefits. Because you can talk about it all day long, but if you're not executing it, you don't understand the benefits of it. Interestingly enough, I had a pause between my sessions um, today, and I picked up a pen and started writing on an index card. So it doesn't mean that you have to have a notebook or a specific pen or a certain piece of paper. I grabbed a note card and started doing it and it was quite beautiful what was coming out um so they do go together but you, i believe you have to create the time and the space in order to do it because we can all say it works but we don't necessarily know the implications of how beneficial it is until you do it
0: i know that uh, i'm going way ahead but i but but i'm curious since we're on this train of of ease and for you, you said writing on an index card, it was beautiful. And I can imagine it was easy. It was a low barrier of entry. So my question to you then is, what it, what does the index card look like when it comes to a meditation practice?
1: I'm just sitting down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> or just, because you can do it in your car, you can do it on your sofa, you can do it... Uh, uh, sitting up in bed, it doesn't have to be uh, again, obviously a, a a Certain location is nice to create that energy, you know, having a sacred space is beautiful Obviously, we have a a sacred meditation studio, which that studio creates a beautiful energy But I feel that sometimes we try too hard in getting the set up Instead of just doing I, I've been hearing a lot of people saying well, I'm trying to meditate and it's like well you either are doing it or you're not. you know it's not about trying to do it. Um, there's so much resistance in the mind because you you know you can't quiet the mind or you can't you don't have time to do it or I'm too busy to do it so there's there's a a million reasons why you shouldn't or I shouldn't it's not shouldn't it's why your mind says that you shouldn't do it or you can't do it um, when really it's just the matter of sitting five minutes are better than zero minutes. Two minutes are better than zero minutes, obviously, we get more results if we do it a little bit longer than that, right, but simply bringing in awareness to your breath can make all the difference in the world so sitting finding a seat is the index card, so and you can you can do that anywhere
0: yeah, so for those for those who are listening why don't you uh, share with us like how you got into it, how you got into meditation or meditating
1: well. Um, It goes back quite a few years. Uh, um, I was in a bad accident. I feel like everyone knows the story, but maybe not. Maybe not. Um, So I was in a really bad accident. I was working for uh, the road commission, and uh, they were short-shifted this particular day. So I just worked there over the summer in between going back and forth to college. I, I thought it was like the best job ever and uh they were short shifted, and they asked me if I would get on one of those big tractors and mow ditches and I said, "Of course, of course I will oh, why wouldn't you why wouldn't I and so I did, and I was out on the side of um a highway uh and started to mow, and the tractor started to tip and in tipping my first reaction was to get off this thing um not to have it roll on top of me and when i did jump off in the other direction um we had a little problem (laughs) my leg got caught in the wheel right right um and then it obviously snapped it in half and then threw me in the middle of the road uh thank goodness no cars were coming, so um, in doing that job, you have someone who's always following you so uh um in a truck, so i had a person in a truck following me, and clearly, I wasn't gonna get hit, but uh called the ambulance, everything so in that moment, everything shifted, you know, getting ready to go back to college, clearly that didn't happen um, a broken femur, it was broke right up close to my hip. Uh, and you're like, okay, it's a broken femur. You know, you just, you, you, I had the option of doing a body cast or surgery. Um, we opted for surgery and then that, and then starts to healing that process. Um, what we didn't know is that I was allergic to the metal that they put in my body and you don't know that until it starts settling in there. So to make a long story short, um, a broken femur turned into being seven surgeries later, um, two and a half years being delayed from school. So it was kind of, it turned into a big deal. And, and then going back to the surgeon and them saying that, um, you know, I wouldn't be able to do this and I wouldn't be able to do that. And all of these, I would have, you know, a knee and hip replacement by the age of 40. And all of these things that my life was not going to be the way that it, it originally was. And unfortunately, I owned it. I owned those experiences for quite some time. And then I don't know what it was. I had this awakening. Um, I I knew of Deepak Chopra and I um, listened to him and I'm obviously connected to the spiritual world as is he. And um, I heard his voice in my head one day and he said, you needed to meditate. It was like, what? Like it just came out of the blue. And, um, so I started researching meditation at that, at that point and, um, started immersing myself in it and then began to realize that I was in charge of my thoughts. Um, I could look at my thoughts from a different, instead of a pain perspective, I could look at them and turn this pain into a positive, Instead of everything that I couldn't do, I was going to create a team that could get me to where I wanted to be. And that started with affirmations and tensions and um, following Deepak and, and and on and on it went. And then we learned of Sarah McLean, uh, went to a Celebrate uh, Your Life conference and learned of her and f- fell in love with her and, and her energy. And then that's really where the meditation certification started is learning from her and then taking it to a whole nother level and then um getting certified by Deepak. <laughs> so where where it all originated from. So it so meditation came to me as um a downloaded energetic thought from the universe that said you don't need to own this pain. There are other ways to uh, deal with it or move through it, and um, I empowered myself. And interestingly enough, um, it took away all of the pain. I don't have pain today in that leg, and um, the surgeries and then the he the hip replacements and the knee replacements that they said I would have at the age of forty. I am over forty, and. I don't have to have any surgeries. So, um so it is a mindset. If you own if you own the pain, um the pain will be fed. because uh, I was in an immense amount of pain. So, if you can transcend the pain and move through the pain um by other means of experiences like meditation. I only preach about this because I <laughs> I went through a massive traumatic experience. And I came out on the other side of it, so that's one of the reasons why I became a teacher is because if I can go through this I can help other people go through it so obviously not only does it help with pain and restriction it helps with intuition and clarity and guidance and connection, I feel it's the key to life the foundation for awareness it's breath so
0: it's, it's breath has it changed from what it has it changed in what has changed about it from when you started to how you do it. My now. practice. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I used to be a person who, you know, would have one eye open and one eye closed because, <laughs> you know, I was a busybody. You know that. So it, um, it, it went from learning to surrender and trust, uh, to, um. Or I should say, moving from complete reaction and non-trust and control to surrendering and trusting. So I started with guided visualizations, and I feel that that's um, a, a good way to start for anyone who's l- wanting to learn how to meditate. Um, because it, because the biggest, the biggest challenge I hear people say is I can't quiet the mind. And so um, it's not about quieting the mind. You know, we have there's many different statistics, but I'll give you a a standard one between 50 and 75,000 thoughts a day. So if we have 75,000 thoughts a day, um, there's not many or much time for you to be quiet. Um, so I think that that's one of the biggest misconceptions is quieting the mind because that's next to impossible to do. So if you listen to something and someone guiding you, it gives the mind something to do. Whereas if you just start out with a silent practice, your thoughts are going to be all over the place. So I started with guided and that worked for me, which is what I we teach here at the studio is guided visualization. Um, my p- predominant practice now is silent and mantra uh, because I like silence. <laughs> Where before I didn't. <laughs> and then
0: also you said the mantra, like how, how'd you get into incorporating that?
1: Um. Well, I feel I have a past life in India. Um, uh, so I'm fascinated for those of people who come to the studio and who've had sessions with me. I'm a huge chanter. And so, um, mantra is typically, it doesn't have to be in Sanskrit, but a lot of, a lot of mantras are in Sanskrit. Uh, even those who do the 21 day meditation experience of Deepak's, you know, there's a Sanskrit mantra. A mantra is, um, translates to an instrument for the mind. So if you give your mind something to do, like a guided visualization, a mantra can be the same thing. So you repeat the, a word or a phrase, Uh, again and again and again and again and again, you so much so that you become the witness of it so much so that it may change during your whole entire practice. Um, but it simply gives the mind something to do. So, um, it doesn't have a thousand racing thoughts. Now, what's interesting is that when, if you have a mantra practice, that mantra can change 20 times and then you forget the mantra that you're saying. (laughs) It's and you're like, how in the world does that happen? Um, it happens. It happens, it changes, it shifts um, throughout the practice, but the biggest takeaway that I learned from the Chopra Center was um, it's not what happens in meditation, it's what happens outside of meditation, meaning that you you may feel like you're exhausted by oh my God, I have to go back to my mantra, I have to go back to my breath or I have to go back to who's ever guiding the visualization and and you have to do that probably a thousand times during 20 minutes. Um, that may seem exhausting. It's not most people judge that practice. Oh my God, I just, I had such a, I couldn't focus on my meditation, but really what's happening is, um, the nervous system is moving into a place of response. And so when you get done with meditating, uh, in the morning, that's obviously, I am a fan of meditating in the morning and, uh, um, before dinner. So if you're in the place of meditating in the morning, what happens is you, you tend to be less reactive throughout the day. And so you get these little glimpses of clarity or like, for instance, when I picked up my note card and went into writing, um, that didn't come from me. That came from the creative space, from the space I created this morning. So, um, you just get those glimpses, glimpses of the soul.
0: Yeah, I like that. And for me, I, I like the way you just said it right there. You know, obviously, you know, I'm going to use the word space, and you know, you'll, you and those listening will hear me say that word quite often. Uh, space, 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 and that's because I'm in the process of, of learning and understanding space and the idea of it. And then at the same time, you another word you'll probably hear a lot, and I don't mean to like you know, beat it into everyone listening is, is, you know, a minimal life uh, that I've created for myself. But the idea of it is, for me anyway, I've come to the understanding of it as creating space. And you typically create space on the outside, you know, everything is physical, it's it's exterior. And then when you start doing that, then you start going interior. And obviously, if you have any type of practice of awareness then you understand that the inner is actually more important than the outer, and vice versa. And you're working on the inner the whole time, not knowing that that's what you're doing. And for me, meditating is the same as as creating a minimal life exterior, which is to create space. And for me, that's what meditation is. You know, for me, it's about creating the internal space so that I can you know be in this uh space and then see and, uh, and acknowledge with clarity you know this 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 you know whatever you want to call it this game this illusion whatever it is you want to call it that's taking place on the exterior i believe that through meditation you 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 can navigate it with a certain level of of knowing where things don't become as shocking when you go into the exterior world with an understanding and knowing that, you know, oh, yeah, I, I kind of knew it was going to happen. But, I mean, obviously, you might still be surprised over something. I'm just you're speaking in generals. But when, you, when you're clear, there are certain things that shouldn't come as a surprise. And for me, that's what meditation is, is, is doing for me, especially in this moment.
1: Of not having a surprise
0: yeah of not having a surprise i i i don't i never really said that part of it out loud, but you know of, of not- i've never
1: heard that before i think it's more or i'm not trying to change your words i think it's no, I more like that. more of a um you have a deeper sense of understanding slash awareness so I like to say that when your intuition is connected. You can see around the corner before you mm-hmm. go on around the corner. Right. So it's probably in alignment with that. I do have to give you um some kudos because um I feel that this is important. Um you get up early every morning. So you are typically a like a five twenty AM riser. Um you don't start work until seven thirty. Um And you, the the first thing that you do is you get up out of bed, you come in our living room, and you sit for a half hour. Um, That's dedication because you, I mean, that's a whole 30 minutes that you get up earlier. It's not five minutes early. It's not 10 minutes early. You get up 30 minutes early because you're a guy. You can get ready pretty quickly. But you have a sacred ritual that you do every single morning, even on the weekends. Yeah. And that is big because a lot of people, a lot of people that I'm witnessing won't or choose not to make the time for that. So I'd like to move into that because when we met, you were not a meditator. No. Uh, what have um, what has happened through the years of your practice versus a non-meditator slash now meditator, what does that look like for you? Can you see the difference?
0: Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I, more, more, if, if I can, I guess cheat, I don't know if that's the right word, but let's just say if I can cheat and just summarize this in like, you know, the least possible amount of words, it would be, um, there's a higher level of of patience and calm. And I've always had a level of patience, but there's a level of patience and calm that has only manifested itself through clarity. And, but this is the thing about clarity now is that <laughs> it, it, clarity creates confusion because. Explain that. <laughs> well, because the more clear you become, the more confusion you're able to see. And part of, and it doesn't mean that you're confused. It just means that you see it, you see it with clarity. It's almost like, like you were saying, you know, where, where before confusion, I was in it with clarity, I'm outside of it, but it's still there. And so it's, you know, what, what do I kind of do with that? But I mean, going back to, to what you asked, it was almost as if, you know, it, it, it was, you know, most, and like, like you, mommy. Perhaps most people's meditation comes from some life event that you know that gives this path. You know whether it be you know like you you know an 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 awful accident, or whether it be a relationship ending, or whether it be losing a job, or or, or someone leaving your life. You know anything like that creates this space that then we we question ourselves and we feel the only way, which is interesting. The only way to find the answer to these questions is to go into a practice of, of silence,
1: reflection for sure. Reflection, yeah. It's um. It usually takes a, a mode of suffering in order for, uh, whether it's stress or too much empathy or, um, relationship or trauma. Mine was trauma. Um, you know, it, and who is not experiencing that this day and age? Right. Everyone. Everyone is. Everyone, Um, which I feel is why meditation is trending uh, right now because um, technically it's free. You just have to create the time, space, your word space, um, to sit and be a lot of times people don't even know how to begin or you know it get they get stuck on the thoughts you know it's it's about silencing the thought and and really it's not difficult at all it's just sitting there's a there's a thousand res- millions of resources out there now right. with technology with apps and things like that or youtube youtube has a gazillion um on there you know i i think at least from my training you know uh i feel that uh, a lot of people gone i'm not passing judgment on this but um there is a difference between sleeping and meditating
0: right you and you mention that a lot to Yeah. Cl- to to clarify just to clarify
1: it um typically um and everyone has their preference so again this is just the optimal ways uh to experience it and from from my training but um Typically, you should be sitting upright unless you have a medical issue. And if you know if you have uh, some issue where you can't sit, then clearly laying down is is the best. Um, but when we lay down, the body, um, the body's innate it, it knows what to do. So when we typically lay down, we're going to sleep. We're going to rest. Right. Um, meditation is absolutely about relaxing, but it's not about sleeping. Um, so it's, there's, there is an attention, you know, when it comes to meditation. So if, if we're laying down, the body's going to want to sleep and sleep is the best way to reduce stress. Let's, right. I mean, let's, that. Right. I mean, let's just be clear. Sleep, sleep is the best way to re- reduce that. Um, but when we go into a meditative state, it's, it's different than, than, uh, resting. It's, it's, it's helping the nervous system. It's, it's helping everything. we go into a place of clarity. We, we go into a place of focus, whether it's, we pay attention goes to on our breath or the mantra or um, whatever. So a lot of people say, well, if I lay down, I'm falling asleep. Well, yeah, cause you're overly exhausted. <laughs> Look at the world we live in. I mean, it's exhaustion city. We're in fight or flight all the time here. So, um, the, the, the best is, is if you can sit up and the, the optimal times are you get up, you use the restroom and then you, you start meditating, um, and studies say that the next, you know, the the other optimal time is before you eat. So, um, because when you, after, if you're doing it after you eat, your body's going through digestion. It's, it's, that's exerting energy. Um, so if you do it before dinner, your, your body's just in a place of, receiving. Um, most people do it before they go to bed or as they're falling asleep and, um, that's resting. So, um, again, it's not bad, but I would just encourage people to try maybe, uh, sitting as soon as they get up or, you know, taking, uh, practicing the pause throughout the day. Um, or just focusing on your breathing or setting an intention, you know, just a couple few minutes to to create that space and try it and see and see if you notice a difference. Now, here's the other kicker. Um, Meditation is a subtle experience. (laughs) Um, More than likely, if you do it once, you're not going to notice much difference. Um, So statistics say it's, it's a practice of 20 to 30 minutes a day for eight weeks. Is really when you start to see results now, I noticed results way prior to eight weeks, as i'm sure you did um but to really get the momentum going, it's eight weeks to really see optimal results, and then you just keep on you keep on doing it
0: and, and i and I almost feel that what I want to say between you know resting in bed and actually sitting up. And, and for me, the difference is, you know, how much are you observing or how much are you able to observe sitting up, meditating versus laying down? You know, because then obviously, like you said, laying down leads to the, the unconscious and the system and the body saying we're in bed. So we don't need to... Time o- to shut down. Right, yeah, it's time to shut down. We don't need to observe these thoughts. We don't need to follow these thoughts and see where they lead to, you know, and it's and you almost miss or 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 yeah you, it's not lose because you can never lose it but you miss the opportunity to really tap in into that clarity of awareness in which it's saying okay i want to show you something but i need your attention you know your attention your intention in order to you know rediscover this little gem that i'm going to show you but you're not going to understand until 2 weeks from now
1: right yeah because you when you're resting and going to sleep your those are just tiny little flutters they're like little snapshots and then you're just kind of like yeah 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 and then all of a sudden you're um you're drifting off to those other states of consciousness and sleep. So um again sleep is the best way to reduce stress. So if people are over overly exhausted, then sleep, then get then get some rest. Um but I would just invite and encourage people to um not lay down and sit up and see if that's something that is an alignment. Some people it's not. Um but I, I at least like to uh open the invitation to experience it and try it that way.
0: And and I would follow up and say something as, you know, how how I always say clues are in the words. And if I take the word depression, which a lot of people nowadays are suffering or from that, and it was interesting to say suffering and depression. It's like two oxymorons or two negatives, but to me, depression—all that means—is that your body, depression, deep rest, depression, deep rest, and almost feel that whenever you're we're suffering from depression, all it is the body saying, "Dude, I need deep rest," and so it's almost that through deep rest, whatever that looks like, can can almost provide that clarity to kind of pull you out of. You know that that depressive state, but like you said, and I just want to make this super clear, you know, and I agree with you in this, and that is more often than not, you're not, more often than not, you may not uncover an answer. That meditation is more of you know, and we all have our different, you know, we gain something different each of us do uh, in meditation. But 9 out of 10 or 8 out of 10, you will not, you know, you don't go into meditation with a a, a question and, and, or an answer that you want because something happened last week. But it will provide perhaps the nuggets, like you're saying, outside of it and, you know, kind of give you, you know, these colors and then, you know, yellow, blue. And then next thing you know, you, you're outside somewhere and you see yellow, blue and then it has a sign next to it. And that sign perhaps has this answer whether yes Book that flight because next to that sign is, you know, some kind of airfare special or something weird like that. But, um, but yeah, because like you're saying, and I've talked to people that felt that, you know, I'm going, I'm, I'm meditating so I can find my answer. And that's typically when you go into that, you're going into with an expectation.
1: Yeah. It's, um, meditation, you shouldn't have any expectations with the practice. Um, there are several people, including myself, that do get insights during meditation. Right, right, right. Um, but you shouldn't go into a meditation with an expectation or looking for a specific answer because that there's there's an attachment there, and clearly that's not the goal. Is to have uh, any type of attachment during during the practice. You're just simply there to create the space um i like to say we we create the space of meditation so when we're outside of meditation that door is open so therefore we begin to receive um the messages and the answers and and so forth but going back to the powerful wor- word that you said depression you know we live in a um e- either an anxious world or a depressed world uh it, the, those energies are um increasing uh, we, there's just so much stress out there. So, um, you know, Lao Tzu says, you know, if, if we're focusing, um, if we have anxiety, it's cause we're focusing on the future or we're trying to control the future or we have an expectation of the future or an attachment to the future. Um, where is the depressed energy sits with focusing on the past, you know, the, um, and I even hear this in sessions. Well, my partner used to be like this and now they're not like that anymore. You know, so there is an idealism of how things were and they're no longer. And then we get attached to those ideals of the past and, um, or memories of the past and we, we get fixated on them and it prohibits our growth. And so that's that, that quote unquote depressed, um, energy because things are no longer as they were. And so it's a very, it's very tricky. (laughs) Um, So when we sit in meditation, um, another reason why people don't like to do it is because those emotions rise. So um, I have a belief system that if we have compressed energy or, or suppressed energy, uh, um, the energy can't move. And so part of the healing and part of the growth is letting those emotions come to the surface and let them out. Um it doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge them. We live again in a world that likes to just shove things under the carpet. I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. Well, not dealing with it is fine, I guess, but there's a compression of energy. So you're going to deal with it sooner or later. It's just a matter of when you decide to deal with it. And so Anxious energy and depressed energy are are those that want to come to the surface. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think that we live in a world that, you know, we have to be rigid and we have to be strong and we we can't be in a place of vulnerability, but really that's who we are. That's who we are. And so um, which again is why I love the practice so much, because it brings light. <laughs> it sheds light on uh, situations and experiences. So it's, uh, it's not a bad thing, but it's nothing to fear either. But if you have a lot of trauma, you know, clearly, um, people with PTSD and things like that, um, clearly meditation helps. However, you would probably want to be in a, a safe situation with someone who can guide you or someone who can hold space for you, um, because you don't want to clearly be triggered because these emotions are going to come to the surface. um, you know, people with seizures need to be careful. Um, they should not be meditating uh, typically on their own. Um, and any any specific health issue, clearly, but you have to speak to your doctor about it. But for the most part, everyone uh, can meditate. It's that place. It's that place of space.
0: What about kids and then also uh, teenagers? Like under the age of, from 10 and under, and then from the age of 20 and under,
1: so in my training, um, regarding children, obviously kids love to meditate. It's, it's, uh, that's where they come from. They come from that meditative state. If, if we just had, um, we're, we're, dating this a little bit. Uh, we just had Halloween here at the studio, um, or our passed out candy for Halloween. And obviously Halloween is centered around children, um, so we set our candy inside the store. So people had to come or inside the store, inside the studio. So people had to come into the studio to, um, uh, get their candies. And we, you and I were in awe watching this happen. Um, because the kids were more curious about the studio than the adults. Yeah, that's right. Uh, And so, even a couple of them kicked off their shoes. (laughs) That was funny. And were laying on the couch, and they didn't want to finish trick or treating because they wanted to stay in the studio, Um, which is fascinating to me. (laughs) That was funny because their true essence is peace. Right. So the older we get, the more chaotic we get because we become connected to the chaos. So um, children don't come from that space. They come from the creative, joy, fun-filled space of non-fear. And the older we get, the more fear penetrates. So they know how to meditate. Uh, so the training says, or my training that I went through says, is that children should be meditating the amount of minutes as the age that they are. So let's say someone who's nine years old, should their practice should be around nine minutes. Um, we do have though some kids who come to our studio that go for the whole gamut. The
0: whole gamut, uh, o- over an hour.
1: Yeah, obviously we're not meditating for a full hour. Um, but they're here for the whole experience, and so um, you know that that's a gauge for sure. Uh, for um, uh, for people, but um, obviously adults they say that it the optimal time is between twenty and thirty minutes twice a day is the optimal time to meditate
0: but they're in the space for over an hour.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because we we talk, and then we typically my meditations are 20 minutes, and then we chant anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes, and then we go into resting space, and then we bring it all together. So um, I just like the experience of meditation because it's powerful when you go into that space. You know, a lot of times you feel refreshed or sometimes tears and emotions arise. A lot of people are coming out of here with intense emotions. And because they've stored those emotions for so long and the studio is a sacred space for those emotions to begin to release.
0: Right. Water that doesn't move eventually turns into mold, right? So that's not good. Yeah. And so what about the, let's just say, The 18 or 19 year old, uh, you know, young, young, 20
1: to 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. Mm -hmm.
0: And so what's, or how important is it? And I know it is across the board, but especially at that age, you know, the, you know, the 16, 17, 18, 19 year old age group, how important is it for them to understand the importance of a practice of stillness?
1: Well, I feel it's essential because especially the way uh, school is and studying and, you know, most, a lot of people heading to college and so forth. So I, I don't feel that we do a good job in our world of teaching people how to cope with stress. Um, we don't, we don't, we don't get taught how to deal with stress. We just deal with it or suck it up. And so that's a constriction of energy. So I feel that the younger, that we can get to the, or the, the, the more that we can encourage and educate our youth um, from little all the way up through their teens is really how we are going to beneficially move this energy to a place of response versus reaction. You know, it doesn't take much, you know, I, I can't remember the quote exactly, but I love quotes. I believe it's from the Dalai Lama and basically it references, um, if you don't think that you can change or shift the world, um, you know a gnat can do that in a in a room. One gnat can create massive disruption. Um, if we are sitting in a place of peace or solitude, that energy is emitted. Whether you're in the grocery store, whether you're in the restaurant, people feel. Um, we call it vibes, right? You can feel people's vibes. So you can feel people who are, and there's there's a ton of empathy out in the world right now. There's lots and lots of people having the sentient energy of feeling, meaning they feel if something's, if someone's having a hard time. They feel if, if someone's having a bad day or they feel if someone's um, distraught about something and you don't even know them, but you can feel it. And so imagine if we're walking the world with peace and grace and love and kindness and compassion, it's the same thing, but what's more noticeable right now is um stress and pain. That's what's more noticeable right now, frustration and anger. so it's more easily to pick up on that because it's it's as Gary would say it's it's very loud right now.
0: Yeah and not and not only that, but if you have a screen in your pocket, then not only can your voice be heard, but you can make a difference with something as simple as that, as that little glass, you know, five-inch, six-inch, you know, whatever, five, six-inch, whatever, screen in your pocket. Your voice can be heard, and you can make a difference. And interestingly enough, with that screen in your pocket, you can capture some words, you can do some writing, as you know, and I just want to touch on that a little bit before we, uh, you know, before we... We travel into our own space, and that is, you know, the importance of writing. And I just, now I understand it, now I understand that writing is not meditation. Writing is, it, it, it complements it. It's a soulmate. They fuse together, but they're not the same thing and i i used to confuse that you know i would say that
1: well i think there there's actually people that say writing is a meditation or working out is a meditation or um you know there is a walking meditation for sure um those are just more meditations in motion you know um some people don't want to sit um in silence for 20 minutes I'm the person who encourages that. <laughs> you know. So, um, I just feel that we all need some downtime and some space. So some writing, you can be in a zone for sure. Exercising, you can be in a zone. That's not, um, that that's not, it's not that it's not good for you. It's just a different form of a practice.
0: Right. Right. It's a different form of a practice. And it's what, People are now uncovering. They're using the word flow, flow state, and so there's a few great books out there that kind of talk about flow state. The study of flow state, what happens in the brain when you go into a flow state, like trance, which is you go, kind of go out of time, and you know, and and you know, two hours pass by, and it almost feels like you know two minutes. You come back in, and you might say, "Wow, I felt like that was a great meditation, whatever." But actually, that's considered a flow state, which actually things happen in your brain during that state, which is, again, is different than being still. Because if I'm writing in a flow state, I'm enjoying it. I'm in the zone, but I'm still moving something, right? I'm moving my hand or if I'm working out, I'm moving my arms or whatever. Whereas in meditation, there's no movement going on. You know, the, the only movement is is, is breath. And I think that's, to me anyway, that's why they two complement because one has no movement in stillness and you go out of time. And then being in this like flow state in this zone, you know, writing, at least for me, you know, again, I'm out of time, but I'm doing it by still creating some type of movement. And they both, and I think the confusing part maybe is that they, it almost seems like they both have the same, you know, um, solution at the end which is a form of clarity.
1: Uh yeah, I would say that writing is a form of allowing emotions to arise. You know, you're 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 in a place of listening and or a place of releasing and that's a, a very similar place where meditation is. So, I would say that they absolutely go together. Um one is movement, one is non-movement. Um but they're both coming from the place of the heart center, which is the place of release.
0: And so one of the things that I know, obviously, you know, being here in the studio, that sometimes that you encourage that, you know, sometimes after you come out of a meditation, you know, have your notebook next to you and just jot down some some notes or ideas that um, have, have come out of a meditation. Do you want to kind of expand on that?
1: Yeah. I, a lot of times uh, people will have these downloads during meditation, which is great. Some people have them, some people don't. Um, it's best not to abruptly stop your meditation to write thoughts down. Um, so it's always good to just on whatever stays will stay and whatever's meant to stay will stay. um, So if you have a journal or a notebook uh, outside of meditation, it's good to um, release those because a lot of what we access in meditation are nuggets. They're clues on our journey here. So, um, So it's good to have have those fresh into I, I have a belief system that if we write things down, we're just acknowledging the, the words from the universe, the consciousness, sp- soul, spirit, God, whatever, whatever resonates. Um, so I feel that we get those direct downloads when we create the space. So I love to capture and encourage people to capture those, um, divine downloads when they get out of meditation.
0: Well, I agree. And as for someone who, who enjoys you seeing words come together in lines and and, and uncover their meaning. I, I definitely feel that it's really important. And for those listening, and you might be saying, well, I'm not a great writer and I don't know what to write. It's just about putting down whatever comes out with no judgment. You're not publishing a bestseller here. Whatever it is that you're writing, you're jotting down, these are for you and and for no one else. And going back to the beginning of what you said, making it really easy, is, uh you know, index cards.
1: I love index cards.
0: Right. I mean, <laughs> index cards is su- such an underrated uh piece of technology, I feel.
1: You know, one of the reasons why I love them so much, we're going to get off topic for a second, but um, I'm a tasker and I'm a lister and I like closure when I get things done. So I task and write list on note cards. And then when I'm done, I throw them away. Right.
0: <laughs> and they're super inexpensive. Yeah. So you can do that, and the barrier of entry. And then it's interesting what I also had shared with with someone was, even if you get the bigger index cards, not the three by five, which are the normal ones everyone has, but I believe they're the reverse. They're five by four or something like that. They're a little bit bigger, not that much more bigger. But if you fill one of those out every day, for three months, you have a book. Right. The, the, and not only that, but I mean, it can be a book based on the experiences that you're having and the aha moments that that you're gaining out of uh, meditation. Right. So, along with with the idea, again, as we started this, along with the idea of meditation is you know making it simple. You know, just writing on an index card, just sitting still. You know, for ten minutes. It's another thing that I've done, and and obviously, I don't know that you've noticed this because it's not like I've headlined it or nothing like that. But this has been an, this has been a new thing for me. I've probably been doing this for the past um well maybe the past three weeks I've been doing this, which is I removed the snooze button. So I don't snooze anymore. So what happens is I just have, you know, you know one alarm go and when it you know when it goes on it goes on and I shut it off and that's it. You know, I don't, I don't snooze it. It doesn't have a second alarm coming to it, and and my thing behind that is I'm priming myself for what I'm going to do next. Which obviously in the morning it's it's like you were saying or how you acknowledged it earlier. It's going into a meditative state, and I feel that if it went off and I had a, a, an alarm, a second alarm, I would just go back into that deep rest and then not be present when I'm in, in my um meditation in the morning. At least I'm experimenting with that. I haven't so I removed the snooze button with my alarm and and um and I'm and I'm able to kind of get into the space with a with an awareness sooner. I'm saving about awareness minutes probably I'm into an awareness point in my meditation about 17 seconds sooner. I'm not sure yet. from that time,
1: I don't know where you're getting those numbers.
0: <laughs> I don't either, but it's a bit sooner. So that's 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 where I'm at uh, w- with that. So it's a, an experiment that I'm trying trying with that. And so far, I'm I'm it's it's interesting to say the least. But but I think what we wanted to get out of this, and and at least get out of you know this episode, is anyway for us for those listening, you know, meditation is really important for us, not for any other reason than for our own peace for our own clarity our own awareness and then also the importance of of writing of making it easy of writing you know just things that come to you releasing those emotions um you know making sure that they're constantly moving so that they don't create mold in your system and depression and anxiety and all this other stuff
1: there's enough things that happen out in the world to create all of that so you know just creating a little bit of space and peace and harmony um isn't that what we're all craving here
0: right yeah I mean I know me is peace yeah everything and I'm not saying I do a good job at it but everything I'm doing is is to is is to create peace in my life
1: right it's not a bad thing
0: no I just need to keep on trying a little bit harder <laughs> but I'll get there I would well, say that's I'm the only, practice that's the practice exactly and this is why it's so important to do it every day It was, nice
1: con- it was nice conversing with you about our passions with our little beloved fur babies right here
0: right and not only that but i mean there's a whole studio built around it you know if, if you if you can't find it you build it your own if you you know you have f- scratch your own itch which is what what we managed to do here at the aviom studio and uh, we're in the midwest for those in michigan you know can always look us up at you know, aviom uh, studio and avianacastro.com and you can find the link to Avium Studio. It's in there as well. Uh, you know, our, we've got pictures and our events that we do here. And we built this studio based on that one theme, meditation. We couldn't find it, so we built it. So we'd love to have you guys, whoever's, again, ever in town, you come in town, you know, make sure you stop by the Avium Studio in downtown Flushing here in, in Michigan. And we'd love to see you stop by, say you... Heard from us from the podcast, and you know we can sit down with you and talk, and who knows, maybe even meditate together. So that'd be nice. That would be really nice. Well, love, thank you for uh, this um, cool conversation. And the only difference between this conversations and the ones we typically have is that we just recorded it. Yes. That's the only difference, because <laughs> we always have these conversations anyway. Well, in love, uh, thank you, and uh, see you on the next one.
1: Peace. Peace.